Well, a very good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Entering Stage Right. I'm D. Paul Thomas, actor and playwright, podcasting from the heartland of America right here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and joining me all the way from the left coast, but always entering stage right, is my wonderful co-host, the actor, director of some of the biggest hits in TV history, Philip Charles McKenzie, and a, a very good day to you, Sir Philip. How is everything going out, as I always ask, in Los Angeles? Well, we just uh, not not much uh, too much in the way of birds and bees going on, except uh, one one. Uh, it's just you know it's a very quiet morning, but one thing that uh, is is happening, and I know it happens all over the country, uh, obviously. But when fall comes, how the uh, how the light changes. And, uh, you know, one of the things uh, I noticed when I first came to Los Angeles, so lo these many years ago, is since we don't have such specific seasons as other parts of the country, although right. we do have seasons, they're just more subtle. Yes. What always gets me and what, what is to me the most important and beautiful thing is the change of the light. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was walking the dog this morning and dawn was coming and just the light changing, just fills me with uh with uh with 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 hopes for a good day yeah I, <laughs> and uh you I, know i i, I yeah. always look look to the morning to say this is going to be a good day and when the when the beauty of the of the sky and the world and the sliver of that old blue moon uh hit i uh, it gives me confidence for a good philip philip you seem to be the fulfillment of every parent's aspirational uh, admonition when we were kids uh and you put me to shame but uh early to bed early to rise makes a man healthy wealthy and wise you you really subscribe to I mean, I, I don't think I've gotten up before the crack of dawn, and if I if I have to do it for work, I do it. But man, oh well, man. Well, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever said this on a podcast, but when mm -hmm. I, uh, my mother used to tell me, my mother used to say, <laughs> I got up so early, she said, Philip would wake up the birds. Yeah, no, I do remember your mystery. <laughs> I, I don't know. I know I've told you that. Tweet, I don't know tweet, if our, tweet, tweet. Our yeah. listeners are bored by well, that. Well, it, 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 it merits. It is your M.O., no question. And it, I'm, it I'm, I'm envious of it. I think it's wonderful. Well, it's just sort of the way I roll, as we say. You know, I'm, I'm Out of gonna, bed. I'm, I'm going to do with California this week shown uh, in many different ways uh, it's, it's, um, its insanity in place yes. Of, yes. of a dystopian world, truly. Uh, I'm just going to run by a couple of things quickly. Please, please, um, thank you. Gavin Newsom has, has said he is not going to run for president. He sat there in, a, in an interview, um, and someone's, and he said, "No, no, this is uh, uh, what if uh, uh, President Biden is going to uh, run, and uh, and 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 uh, Kamala Harris is right behind him, and I am going to, you know, totally support that whole thing." And you you basically know that uh, what happened was the um, uh, the powers that be. Uh, didn't like the idea of him, uh, he and uh, uh, Ron DeSantis having a, a debate in uh, in November. So I think the uh, powers that be, because Kamala Harris is, as we all know, is going nowhere. And uh, uh, I've I've had this um, confirmed by by some people who I respect that uh, 
you know, Biden's not going to be, uh, he's not even going to run. They're going to find some way to get rid of right, him. But, right, right, right. But I think they basically told Gavin, Gavin, shut up and don't do anything. So he, he is officially, uh, at this point, um, gone from that. The other thing that is, uh, uh, I want to get to something else that is almost humorous, but this is, um, we spoke of this uh, a while back. Yes. About this, uh, this uh, uh, creepy uh, law in California that uh, had been passed, uh, uh, in this Senate, I believe, but was waiting for approval uh, in the uh, California Assembly, and which they did this week. They passed AB 957, which basically mm. mandates that parents affirm their child's identity or be punished. Mm-hmm. It would recall, and, and, and Gavin and Newsom's going to sign it. it that's, that's sort of a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. It would require the courts to take into account whether a parent affirms their child uh, gender identity or gender expression in determining custody. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, I guess they have mm-hmm. to, you know, send it back to the assembly, you know, just to, you know, clean up uh, some differences, but it's going to go to the governor. So if you, uh, if, if you have a different opinion uh, and, and want to actually, as, as a child's parent, be in control of how a child deals with uh, some problems they have with, uh, with their identity, if, if, you, if you do not affirm it and there's a custody battle, you lose. And that is, uh, uh, we saw this as, as, as uh, you know, we've talked about this on the air before, and we've seen this coming down the, down the pike, and uh, and it's 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 here. It's it's here it's, it's it's here, it's here frighteningly so. Yeah. Uh, your friend out there, this uh, in the legislature, uh, Wiener, and uh, I, another woman, I can't think of her name right now, who has a trans child. They, they've been the ones pushing this. It's such an ambiguous law. It doesn't even give hardly any kind of boundaries to it. I, I think, again, Philip, it's going to have to be challenged. These things are just going to have to be fought out in the court. And uh, may this one even go to the Supreme Court if need be, because I, I love what Elon Musk said about it. And he has supposedly a child who is uh, uh, identifying as trans. Elon Musk responded to it. The bill is a wolf in sheep's clothing. What it actually means is that if you disagree with the other parent about sterilizing your child, you lose custody. Utter madness. There you go. And, uh, you know, uh, you you talked about hopefully it would... uh, uh, um, you know, people are going to fight against it, and people are fighting against this. And then it, now that, it, it, assuming it will um, uh, become law in the state, that it will be uh, fought back against, and um, and uh, that's what you and I have talked about uh, in the whole time we've been uh, on the air with our listeners. Is, yes. is is we cannot accept things such as this. You have to fight back, and and there are enough. Um, uh, legal minds and people of of goodwill and good faith who Absolutely. will fight this kind of nonsense, uh, you know. So now let, let's go from uh, in in California to from 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 the uh, sort of uh, horrific to uh, it is just as horrific. We, we, we as our listeners will find we we have a, a little theme unfolding today but uh, this is this is what California does the state of California has awarded now we're paying six dollars a gallon for gasoline okay right. so 
respect. The state of California has awarded a nine-year grant to a group that encourages students to identify as a wide variety of bizarre genders, including fox gender, hmm? and teaches school districts how to hide it hmm. from parents. Back to the, the theme of parents, of undermining parents. Uh, the, it, it, this is a nonprofit called Gender Spectrum for activities such as developing concrete strategies for applying the lens of gender diversity to school practices. I love the words they use, all this, all this sort of um, gobbledygook kind of words. Among the programs it, it is developing is a six-page form for students to submit to, uh, to submit school districts their pronouns and whether school staff needs to hide their use of those pronouns from the parents. Now, this is what it says. The director, Carla Pena, says, you know, it's not always the case that caregivers, parents, mm -hmm. are supportive of their child's gender, their gender journey. And in that case, if parents are not supportive or if the child is not out, I guess they're talking homosexuality, that's not necessarily someone who will be part of the gender support team, meaning we'll kick them out. Now, the presentation, the programming is a presentation at the conference called an intro into neo-identities and neo-pronouns. What does that mean? The presentation said that pronouns may describe gender as a personal, aesthetic, synesthetic, excuse, synesthetic, excuse me, or mm -hmm. headspace-oriented experience. Oh, That's this. scientific, a headspace-oriented yeah. oh, experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They include noun genders like, I hope our listeners are sitting down, fox gender, moon gender, mm. and rock gender, and even an emoji self-pronoun such as smiley face self. Now, what is a fox self? Well, according to the, somebody who... Naomi the gender Cruz, spectrum the, the organization, yeah. yeah, yeah. De de describes a fox gender as someone who identifies with aspects of a fox, whether that's their appearance, their personality, or how they're viewed in society. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this is, uh, this is uh, you know, first of all, no one has ever asked the fox... <laughs> if this is cultural appropriation, you know, you just sort of sure, sure. Nobody, nobody gained permission from the foxes before appropriating this. So, so this is millions uh, of dollars spent on some on 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 something as insane as this. Now mm -hmm. it's insane and funny on some level because of how ludicrous yes. it is, and yes. yet it goes back to the hell with the parents. We, the state. We, the schools, we, the teachers' well, yeah, unions, yeah. we know better. That's why this so that's bill... California for this week. I'm sorry. And that's, why, and that's why this bill passed, you know, because that's, that's right. the, the schools are being taught this. This organization, Gender Spectrum, claims that they were the first to offer trainings for California elementary and preschools, transgender and gender-expansive children. 
And then, Philip, and then I just, I, I just, yeah, I, I just saw this, which I had, I, yeah, I had overlooked. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it says, as a result of the program, cisgender young people, which means, uh, I don't know, people straight, just, straight, 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 white boy, girl, yeah, whatever, yeah. will have a greater understanding of gender. Well, of course, leading them to be more comfortable with their own gender expression. Can you imagine? me or you or just a, a, a normal straight boy or normal straight girl having to having to end up being comfortable with who we are through this program that I have to learn how to just be me, the unique individual soul that I am. Mamma mia. What you know the 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 the, the hypocrisy that's involved in this also it's interesting. So you can uh, identify as a uh, a fox, um, and uh, you can draw its various attributes. I mean, this this is some kind of pagan animalism when you think about it. I, I mean, it really goes back historically for eons, uh, unless you see these identities appropriate a racial, ethnic, religious, or disability group that you're not a part of. So somehow, those groups are sacrosanct, you see. There's no way that you could actually say, you know, I feel like I'm more black. Oh, no, of course not. There's no way that you could say, you know, I really believe at heart I'm Jewish. No, you can, you can forget. You know, I really identify. No, but in the meantime, you can identify with, well, you already said it, everything under the moon. And when you mentioned the moon identification, I thought, well, maybe maybe that happens during that blue moon epic that takes place that you that you described last week, Philip. And, 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 and if, if you identify as the moon, that means once, once a month you are your full self. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, and, you're the... And as the, and as the month goes on, you and your personality, you shrink <sighs> until you disappear. But wait a minute, next month you will grow again. Phil, I Phil, mean, let's go. Philip, you're the only one who could who could make me laugh on this subject. I mean, listen, I'm going to concede, obviously, the small number of people who are legitimately in dysphoria and are trans. But this is, for most of these kids, play acting. It is playing a role that may or may not have any reality at its basis. And they're being indoctrinated into a boundless identity morass. And these precious, precious children of ours, thousands of these kids, are being taken away from their true selves, and many will never return to an identity that is organic, true, and vital for an integrated and healthy, healthy life. And Philip, what's been running through my mind this morning is the perversity in high places. The perversity, let's call it like it is, folks, in high places. For this indoctrination is becoming ubiquitous, and it's being perpetrated by some of the most influential organizations in the world, and I want you to tell our listening audience a little bit more about where it's coming from, Philip. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, this is not just uh, 
local or or statewide or right. uh, nationwide. This is this this involves as uh, this involves three of the uh, most, I guess, in many ways, in many ways, not not to my way of thinking, but to many yeah. other people's ways of thinking. Three uh, globalist organizations. The International Planned Parenthood Federation. Mm -hmm. Now, later on, we can talk about why Planned Parenthood is involved in this. Mm -hmm. The World Health Organization and the United Nations mm -hmm. are, <coughs> pardon me, excuse me. Mm, yes. They are together executing a plan to teach kindergartners about sexuality and, empowered, and empower children to say yes to mm. sexual encounters, mm. according to the agency documents. Mm -hmm. Now, this one thing, they, they, crit critics of this, and rightly so, say children are being groomed for sex under the banner of human rights and education, while pedophilia is promoted and parental rights, back to that, are undermined. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they, they have... Uh, uh, it, the uh, sort of the uh, the cover they have is to teach uh, traditional sex education, which is biology. You know, we have these parts and those parts. Uh, and by the way, a little aside, I have never understood teaching uh, a public school or any school teaching uh, sex education. You know, biology to say that men have this part and women have that part. That's biology, but right. I've never understood it. But that's just me. No, uh, it's not because just that you. was sort it's, of it's millions you know, of Americans. Of, you know, you know, we talk about gateway drugs and all that. Just yeah. teach, teaching sex education is gateway to this. It this has is what's happened. Going. And I parents, and it, parents it, by the millions warned us of it. And they were just poo-pooed right. across the board and said, oh, you're just being extremists. This will never happen. If my parents or grandparents came alive and saw this going on, they'd turn over in their proverbial grave. I mean, they just said, and we warned you. We told you. If that door is open... Guess who'll walk through it, and well, guess who will begin indoctrinating your children? That's right. And this, following up exactly on what you were just saying, see, uh, uh, under the guise of teaching uh, traditional sex education, on another front, the groups, these groups, yeah, Planned Parenthood, World Health Organization, and the United Nations are pushing to remold the portrayal of children and young people as sexual beings with sexual rights mm -hmm. that should be based on somebody's sense of their maturity instead of their age. Mm -hmm. The curriculum also introduces the ideas, the idea that minors have rights to make decisions concerning their own bodies and experience desire, pleasure, and happiness. Here we go without parental involvement while exploring homosexuality and role-playing. Mm -hmm. Now, fortunately, again, people are fighting back against this. There's a woman uh, uh, who's a, a, um, a senior fellow for the Family Research Council, Meg Kilgallen, and yes. other experts are convinced that childhood sex education is harmful. She's agreeing with me, but because uh, that the globalist group's agenda could ultimately harm children by normalizing pedophilia. As she says, there are adults who want to have sex with children and they are working in international sex rights groups to make that happen. You want to talk about the infiltrating 
what better way to what better way to get what you want than to than to have it under the guise of an international uh, you know coordinated effort uh, you know they you know so so and they they talk about they they talk about a child's right to pleasure and the concept of young people's evolving capacity stems from that. It calls on leaders and societies to value young people's developing maturity to make decisions on their own. And the Sexual Rights Declaration says children and youths are entitled to have pleasurable sex. Hmm. Really? Hmm. Those under 18, quote, should enjoy the full range of human rights, including, quote, sexual rights. Young people are sexual beings, the document states. They have sexual needs, desires, mm -hmm. fantasies, and dreams. And we're going to leave it to the United Nations and Planned Parenthood and, and the World Health Organization to be the... To be, uh, the to, arbiter. To, to be the arbiter of this. In fact, they're not only saying... They are, they are talking about that this should be demanded... And this should be, this uh, this should be commanded from these organizations, and that people uh, or, and countries should sign on it, onto it. Now, a question I have, and you and I uh, uh, chatted a little bit about this the other day, mm -hmm. uh, is that this comes. From, can you? This comes from uh, the United States, uh, Western Europe, mm -hmm. uh, Denmark, Canada. Mm -hmm. leftist liberal places can you imagine this happening in an african nation or an arab nation or any nation that has a or asia that has a strong um uh religious ethic can you imagine them go oh sure we'll teach our kids this this is being imposed by leftists of the quote-unquote mm -hmm. first world Mm -hmm. And 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 it is it yeah. is it yeah. is just mind-boggling that it, it, this it, comes from. By the way, I'm curious. I'm yeah. sorry. I, 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 <laughs> now, if if does this mean that if if this is supported by Planned Parenthood, that means sure, have pleasure, do whatever you want, have sex with whoever you want, and then guess what? Have an abortion, no problem. Well, there's 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 a real one-two punch, isn't there? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But what 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 you've been been talking about in large here is what we've touched on. How where the church, for an example, is trying to impose its new liberation sexually upon um, all of Africa, you know, upon the global South, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It is it is literally our new colonization. You see. Ah, of, I never thought of it that. Good. Of, yes. how, of, of how they're thinking. Your thinking is not really au courant. It is not really up to our new enlightenment that we have. So you need to get on board. And by the way, funding from these powerful organizations such as the UN and so forth, they are putting out money, quid pro quo agreements, if people don't come along with this, and they would love to see that bill that your fair state is passing once it's signed and it will be signed by Newsom. They'd love to see that right across the national board and make this writ law in this country. You know that's true, Philip. They would love to see that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to add uh, uh, 
an, another villain in this piece are, are the teacher unions. Oh, yeah. In this country, National NEA, and I, I never remember the one that, uh, whatever her name is, uh, uh, is involved in. They are continuing Weinstein. to... Weinstein. They are continuing to argue that parents aren't teaching their kids about sex at home the way they think they should. Weinstein, or whatever her name is, she knows better than a parent this woman who has no children, are you kidding me? Right, right. I mean, the, and you know, you, you you brought up something that really set me thinking about the, about this new uh, uh, colonialism. Uh, it was in the you know the years in years past when when um, when European countries colonized countries in Africa. You know, uh, there were obviously a lot of terrible things that happened, and yet, and we've talked about this before. They brought an education system. Uh, it's like you know when when you when you see black people in New York City who came from Nigeria or the Bahamas or places where where the British left at least a strong educational system. These people come and they get a job and 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 get ahead right away. But I'm and a few and a few stuff. million people were saved from dying from malaria among other things. That 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 too. So so you know yep. there was the good and the bad. Now. But the, this is it's interesting the concept you bring up about col a, a col. A, being colonialist, yeah. they come in with their perverted uh, uh, ideas about about sexuality and destroying the family because we keep talking about parents. That's oh yeah, about destroying the family yeah. and imposing it. So that that's really a fascinating uh, take on yeah. it, Paul. About well, about it's just it's just it's just their betters coming in and and you know t setting them straight. Ab absolutely, and in this article you've been referring to. Uh, I just want to underscore uh, one quick point before we uh, move on to your PS, because we, we could we could spend the full hour uh, and more on this subject, and we do, and it's worthy because, folks, it is pushback time. It's time to get off the sidelines. And if you're just walking the tightrope on it, look around. Look around and see what's happening. Rebecca Friedrichs is one of those people who has done so. She's in that article you sent me, Philip, founder of Four Kids and Country. And she says it so well. There are people in these international organizations who are committed to pushing this questionable science of Alfred Kinsey and sex researchers. She'll, uh, she says, and you'll, you'll recall, Philip, Mr., Kinsey was the American sexologist and zoologist who founded the Institute for Sex Research at Indiana University in 1947. Ooh, just up, up the road from you. Yeah, uh, 50 <laughs> miles down the road in Old oh, Bloomington. Down the road. Okay. It's okay. now known as the Kinsey Institute for Research in Sex, Gender, and Reproduction. And there, Mr. Kinsey taught that children, just like you expressed, are sexual beings from birth capable of sexual response? The official narrative of his research included input from pedophiles. They assured Mr. Kinsey, and I'm quoting directly from your article, that um, Mr. Kinsey, that children could have pleasurable sexual experiences. Philip, I am delighted to tell you that as of this past May, the Indiana State Legislature voted to defund, in toto, the Kinsey Institute. They will receive no more state funding from Indiana taxpayers. The people have spoken. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. 
Yeah. You know, they, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, <laughs> I it just, it just, but no, no it, go. Is, oh, I know what I was going to say. Please. I, you know, whoever, whoever listens to us, the, the folks, the uh, very wonderful, loyal listeners we have, I think, and we, you and I are constantly talking about fighting back. And the reason we keep talking about this subject, um, uh, about uh, uh, d- the destruction of the family and, and parental rights and yeah. what, what is attempting to be imposed on, 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 on children, to our listeners who are parents, you got to pay attention because they're sneaky. This is why people are going to school board meetings and saying, what the hell are you teaching our kids? What is this book about this, that, and the other thing doing for a third and fourth grader. You gotta stay focused because they will slip it by you before you even know it. Yeah, no, there, there is no question about it. Well, listen, Philip, we're gonna quickly go from perversity in high places because that is what's going on from the UN on down to do an abrupt pivot. And that is really to a subject that is close to both of us. And it deals with the state of the American theater. And again, um, bring us a current on uh, at least a couple of perspectives on what's going on. And we'll have probably another show on this later. But please inform me and our audience if you'd be so kind. Yes, uh, so a very interesting article this week. Uh, one of the great uh, Broadway uh, producers, uh, Manny or Emmanuel Eisenberg. Yes. Uh, interesting, very, he's produced tons of stuff over the years. He's 88, so he's been around. Oh, he's won um, Tony's he galore, have, yeah. He says, we have chased away our audience. Yeah. And, you know, you and I, uh, we, we talked about this on the air the other day, that so many theaters now are going under, and in, 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 in large part because they are, they are throwing wokeness in their audiences' faces, especially people who are seasoned subscribers who are putting up the money, and these people are going, I don't want this, and they leave, and now the theaters are in, uh, uh, many of these theaters are in, 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 in very dire straits. Uh, one thing we did say is that Broadway has come back. Broadway is doing very well. But that doesn't mean Broadway is any good. Bro- people are coming to Broadway. But uh, Eisenberg says something interesting. He says, when I was a kid in the Bronx, obviously a long time ago, he's 88. He says, I went to the theater for ten. And then he said, <laughs> and then he said this, is, this is what gets me. He said, in, in, uh, at, when Chorus Line opened... Uh, oh, first of all, a hundred years ago on Broadway, there were two hundred and seventy openings each year. Imagine ninety theaters, ninety theaters. Imagine. Now there are thirty-five theaters, thirty-five openings. Yeah, now this is fascinating. When chorus line, when a chorus line opened, that's like seventy-seven, seventy-eight. The top ticket price was fifteen dollars. Yeah. yeah. Now. You go to a Broadway show, it's between 250 and 500 bucks to sit and watch whatever. He mm. says, we have chased away our audiences. Now, one of the reasons you and I talk about this, because this is what we do. This is what we come from. We come from the, the theater and the world of the arts. Theater owners hate the unions, he says. This is Mr. Eisenberg. The unions hate the producers, and the producers hate the theater owners. So none of them get their way, and they all take it out on who? The customer. You know, because everybody wants their cut of the pie. Okay, you want to see a show? 500 bucks per. 
So um, he, he, he says, um, it, it, I just wanted to bring this to, to, to our listeners' attention that, yeah. that, that a veteran uh, of Broadway is, is, is sounding the alarm, is sounding the alarm. And at some point, you know, people are going to say, 500 bucks? What, what, you know, why would I go to see that? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so anyway, kudos to uh, Manny Eisenberg. Well, kudos indeed. And uh, complimenting that uh, article. Uh, is an article in Tablet, uh, one of our favorite uh, online uh, tablet uh, dot com that you and I read, and um, the, the the title of that article is the toxic gentleness of the American theater, hmm. and it's subtitled the woke Bolsheviks are destroying a once great art form from within. Clayton Fox is the one I'm going to quote him here liberally because it just it underscores what you're talking about, Philip. Um, and um, I've had the good fortune of uh, knowing Arthur Penn at the Actors Studio, and uh, uh, he points out that the legendary Broadway director Arthur Penn, and I'm quoting directly, was interviewed in the 1990s, this is almost prophetic, about the state of the theater. He described going to a very mediocre professional production. Afterwards, he asked the director why a particular part in the play had been given to a particular actor. He's a great guy, was the response, prince of a fellow. Well, perhaps, apparently Penn responded, but send him home to be a prince to his wife and children. He's a shattering mediocrity. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but, but nice and easy, and this is uh, Mr. Clayton Fox uh, continuing, Nice and easy counts for far too much these days. Another director told me proudly that he had just completed his third play in which there wasn't one difficult player, not one distraction, not one argument. Can I add that these were among the most boring plays of our time? All great work comes to us through various forms of friction. I keep hearing Kim Stanley was difficult. You'll recall she played opposite Marlon Brando as the great Blanche Dubois. She was the first one. Yes, she was difficult. But in the best sense of the word, she questioned everything, nailed everything down, got answers, motivated everyone to work at her demonically high standard. Is that difficult? Bring more of them on. Is Dustin Hoffman difficult? You bet. He wants it right. He wants everything right. And that means you and that means me. I find it exhilarating. But in our current culture, they would prefer someone who's arrived on time, shares pictures of the family, hugs everyone, reminds them of how blessed they are to be in this mediocre homogenized play, I just added those two words, and who does whatever the director asks. To me, Philip, this is what has happened with the woke theater. It has become monolithic in voice. It is homogenized. It is flat. And you now have equity guards looking over everything you're doing in relationship to the work itself. Well, you know, this goes on to uh, film and television, too. Uh, you know, I've said this before, uh, and, and, and I mean it. The, the few people who are around who struggle, whether it's with the theater or whether it's film and television, to, to create uh, a, a piece, a play or screenplay or a teleplay that has um, 
that has uh, that has some teeth to it. And I'm not talking cheap political, you know, teeth. That's nothing. You no, know, no, uh, you know, no. That that kind of just preaching to the choir right. nonsense. But that, yeah, and, and I said that it's the death of art. You know, when when everything becomes nothing. There's two. This you know this because we've both been in this business so long. There's two kinds of difficult people. There are people who are just assholes and are... are I call are, them prima are, donnas. Yeah, well, <laughs> you call them what you want. Uh, uh, but I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you why I use that term. Yeah. Because it's about them. It's yes. about their insecurity. It's, yes. about, it, it, it's, about, it's about everything but the work. Mm-hmm. And people, the other difficult type People mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. the people who care about the work. And Amen. as you said, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Kim Stanley, who, who taught me. I had Kim Stanley as a teacher. Did was, you really? Oh, yeah. Kim Stanley. Uh, uh, I had no uh, idea. N- not Kim Hunter. Kim Stanley. Yeah. Um, scared, the, scared the bejesus out of me. But you know what? <laughs> she pushed me. She pushed me. She yeah. pushed me. And yeah. Um, yeah. and and, and uh, oh, I worked with... Um, I worked with... Um, on Dog Day Afternoon, I worked with Al Pacino, uh, uh, Sidney Lumet, and and John Cassell. Yes. And John, Cas- John Cassell was extremely difficult, but yeah. only yeah. in the work. Yes. John wanted the work done right. Yeah. And yeah. he could be exasperating at times, fine. But it was about the work. It wasn't about him Beautiful. and his smallness as a person. Yes. So. So if, if 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 theater, what you were saying, and 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 Broadway now, most most of Broadway now is just is just nothing. It's just not much of anything because fluff, because fluff, it, it, fluff, by the, fluff. Yeah, at five hundred bucks a pop, you don't want to offend anybody, do you? So oh, you um, better you better believe it. And you bet, yeah. And, so and, I, and, I, I yeah. Uh, it's it's very it's very sad, and, and I applaud uh, people. Uh, um, in our business, who with their writers or actors or directors or whatever, are 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 still f- fighting the really good fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so hard to get a legitimate play done right now. I mean, imagine Philip from going from all of those number of plays and number of theaters to about 35 per annum. And most of them, the curtain goes up and the fluff comes down. And most of them are full of political jargon. And it's, you know, this is, aren't we all this and that? And, you know, here's here's Donald Trump coming out as Julius Caesar with red hair. And so we can all feel good about what when we kill him. we're yeah. doing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and, it, it, and, it's and, so and cheap. Not, so cheap and, not, and vulgar, really. Just and vulgar. not only that, but we have to have a certain amount of of, uh, we have to have uh, a, a, a certain amount of ethnicities in the cast. You gotta, you gotta have a, um, a you know, a a, 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 yeah. a a trans. You have to have a black person. You yeah. have to have two Asians. You have. This is what you have to do for equity and yeah. inclusion. And I'm go- And you say, well, what about the material? That's right. You know? And and in true art, there are no haves to. There is only the creator. That's right. You know. That's right. There is the one who creates it, and that makes it his or her work of art, period. Well, listen, Philip, I'm going to forego any PS, keep us moving right along. And this is somewhat on a lighter note. Uh, I, 
I want uh, I want you to tell us about some of the I don't know what crazy shenanigans going up in the Chicago area in way of sort of your your heroes this week, please. Yeah, these are these, these are these are my ironic heroes. These are people yeah. who are who 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 can only who can only come under uh, uh, at least my scrutiny of of, of ridicule. Um, <laughs> you know, we've talked about this about people people on the left always believing that they are good and they are doing good and they have the moral high ground therefore what they do is for the or the, 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 the higher purpose, the greater good. Yeah. Well, this is something that happened uh, recently that was pretty funny. You, you couldn't even do this on Saturday Night Live. Um, there was a... Uh, um, in Highland Park, Illinois, which is a quite wealthy community. Oh, yes. Class, mm-hmm. very wealthy community. They uh, were uh, primed to get an opportunity <laughs> to play Let's Pretend We're Poor. <laughs> with an quote unquote immersive experience aimed oh. at showing participants what a month in poverty feels like, according to the city's posting. Now, a report from NBC, which ironically also does Saturday Night Live, participants are put into situations in which they do not have enough resources and are forced to make difficult choices that can negatively impact them and their families. The outcome is increased awareness of the need for resources to support those living in poverty to create a more resilient health, human, and educational education sector in our local area. Mm-hmm. Sounds fantastic, except guess where this was going to be held? At the Highland Park Country Club. <laughs> Perfect. An artificial poverty for a day event oh. at the Highland Park Country oh. Club. Now, as, as, as someone who wrote this article, I'm going to quote them. It's not my, I wish I had these words. Now, that's an immersive experience in poverty, <laughs> in poverty that most of us would enjoy and never want to leave. And by the way, it was only, you know, the, 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 the whole program, this, this immersion was going to last three hours. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> Afterwards, the temporary pos- poverty-stricken participants can shed their shabby clothes and, and put on their good stuff go play a round of golf or have a drink now there is a, there's a wonderful ps to this yeah the event has been canceled due to <laughs> there you go highland there. park boy i can't wait to i can't wait to drive through highland park and, there you, and, there and you. have and have a three-hour gig at the uh, at the country club I, yeah, I, I would tell all those poor people, uh, uh, rich people who are wanting to identify, go into the theater. You want to know what it's like to struggle? You want to know what it's like to not know where your pay- next paycheck is coming from? You want to know where you don't have enough money to pay the gas bill? And so you're going to the Actors' Equity Union for a handout or the Episcopal Actors Guild? This is a life for millions of artist in this country and with only 35 theaters on broadway i'm trying to get an off-broadway production done right now even off off broadway would run a quarter of a million off broadway one 1.5 maybe even two broadway is astronomical now that's why they're paying because of the unions two five hundred dollars a ticket and and you know these people who need to identify look around 
look around, look around at, yes, so many millions of people who are legitimately, and you don't need to play games to be able to relate to them. I'm sorry, I'm going on a little shtick here in defense of the artist. But in that same article from Tablet Magazine, um, they spoke about how in the early days of the theater, uh, you know the person, I think you worked there, uh, who was the founder, almost almost uh, the, the mama of the regional theater from the arena stage, uh, Freak... Uh, uh, oh, uh, Zelda Fitchhandler. Yes, exactly. Zelda, I worked with Zelda, yeah. Exactly, you did. I know you had. And, and you know, she talked about we'd have $800 to put on a show. We'd clean the toilets. We'd get the bubble gum out of the seats. We'd do everything and anything because we had a play to put on. That's, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. So, Philip... You always never cease to amaze me, and I appreciate just so much that you uh, bring to the discussion. And uh, we will continue to talk about this perversity in high places that uh, we're seeing. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking about your state, and we'll, we'll close on this. But I, I, I was thinking, you know, if I were a parent and I had certain religious convictions— and if my child was in a, a transition thing, I would get that child the best of care in the world. Now, do I have perhaps by virtue of my religious conviction a different worldview than, say, this new bill that just passed your legislature? Yes. And I ought not to be penalized by it. Your perspective is trumping literally a cornerstone to this nation, our freedom of religion. And this and, 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 is scary and, shit when the state freedom, comes in and takes your and, child. And freedom in general. That's what this country about is freedom. And individual freedom is the greatest anathema to the the, the powers that be. Yes. You know, just to pick up on that just briefly. There's, yeah. there's some, uh, 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 some woman in Chicago. Who the hell is she? I, you know, some 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 big mucky muck in Chicago having to do with the school district or something, mm -hmm. you know, and, and fighting. And guess what she's sending? She's sending her own kid to a private Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And this is the same kind of person who says, well, we have to fund the public schools because of this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, but she's sending her kid to mm -hmm. a private Catholic school. Yeah. Can you say hypocrite? Yeah. But can you say... We have she, to stay vigilant. We have to stay We vigilant. do. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, Ring there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. The old school bell telling us it's about time, Philip, to wrap it up and say goodbye to all of our listeners for now and in way of reminder, as we always do, regardless of what is going on in this crazy, topsy-turvy world of ours, we live in a great country and just as Philip mentioned, because it's a free country. Let's keep it that way. We've got so much to be thankful for, and we're thankful for you, dear listener. So till we meet again next week, this is D. Paul Thomas and Philip Charles McKenzie inviting you to join us next week for another podcast of Entering Stage Right.